Welcome to the Word Podcast. Okay, hello. Hello, everybody. Welcome back once again to another episode of the Word Podcast. Today, I thought we would focus on one of the shortest books in the Bible. Uh, The goal with this podcast for myself was to find something in the Bible, focus on just that, and at the end of the episode, hey, there's one thing in the Bible I know a little bit more about that I didn't before. And so today we're going to do that, and we're going to focus on the shortest book of the Bible, one of the shortest books in the Bible. It's a letter uh, found in the New Testament. It's one of the shortest books, like I said. It's uh, right at the, excuse me, right at the end of the New Testament. It's actually the very last letter in the Bible, the last book of the Bible, in fact, before the Revelation uh, closes it out. We, of course, are talking about the letter of Jude. We will look at who Jude was, uh, what his letter was about, the messages uh, in the letter for the early Christian church to whom it was written for, and also uh, how it applies to us today. Now, before we get into that letter, join me, won't you, as we always do, in offering praise and thanksgiving to the Lord of the universe. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for yesterday. We thank you for the privilege that we have of being able to study your words openly, freely. Uh, We know it's not that way for many of our brothers and sisters in the world who have to worship you in secret, read Bibles in secret. Help us today, Father, as we read to understand your words, as we read from your Holy Bible. We know that you are not a God of confusion and that your desire is for us to learn and understand your word. So help us to understand today, Father, and bless us as we study the letter of Jude. Amen. Okay. Um, I do believe I will read the letter in its entirety. I thought maybe I wouldn't because it's maybe more than I normally do read, but even then it's just under two pages long. Uh, it won't take too long and I would hate to continue on if someone wasn't familiar with the letter. I do believe it's important that we hear it and then we can get right into it. So if you are following along, it's the letter of Jude. It's just one chapter separated into 24 verses. The last letter of the New Testament before the Revelation. And as always, I will read from my ESV Bible. So let's begin. Excuse me. With the letter of Jude. Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. May mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you. Beloved, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain people have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were designated for this condemnation, ungodly people who pervert the grace of our God into sensuality, and deny our only Master and Lord, Jesus Christ. Now I want to remind you, although you once fully knew it, that Jesus, who saved a people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe, and the angels did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. 
He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the judgment of the great day. <clears throat> Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example by undergoing a punishment of eternal fire. Yet in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blaspheme the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to pronounce a blasphemous judgment, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these people blaspheme all that they do not understand, and they are destroyed by all that they, like unreasoning animals, understand instinctively. Woe to them, for they walked in the way of Cain and abandoned themselves for the sake of gain to Balaam's error and perished in Korah's rebellion. These are hidden reefs at your love feasts as they feast with you without fear. Shepherds feeding themselves, waterless clouds swept along by winds, fruitless trees in late autumn, twice dead, uprooted, wild waves of the sea. Casting up the foam of their own shame, wandering stars for whom the gloom of utter darkness has been reserved forever. It was also about these that Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment on all and to convict all the ungodly of their deeds of ungodliness that they have committed in such an ungodly way and of all the harsh things that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers, malcontents, following their own sinful desires. They are loud-mouthed boasters, showing favoritism to gain advantage. But you must remember, beloved, the predictions of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you, in the last time there will be scoffers, following their own ungodly passions. It is these who cause divisions, worldly people, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith and praying in the Holy Spirit, Keep yourselves in the love of God, waiting for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ that leads to eternal life. And have mercy on those who doubt. Save others by snatching them out of the fire. To others show mercy with fear, hating even the garment stained by the flesh. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, and now and forever. Amen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wow. Okay. That was quite a bit, actually. That was the letter of Jude. Okay. So the first question I have after reading all that, uh, maybe let's start with who was Jude in the first place. Who was Jude? The author tells us right off the bat who he is. Um, the quote is, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. The author does not identify himself as an apostle, and he says he is a brother of James. So we can confidently say that this Jude is not the Jude who followed Jesus as one of the um, original 12 apostles. The apostle Jude is commonly referred to as Thaddeus, and being a brother of James, um, and so he also claimed, the author also says he's a brother of James, who again is not either of the two apostles named James, but rather this is James the Just, uh, or the brother of Jesus himself. And James was an early leader of the Christian church. 
it can get very confusing with names being repeated in the Bible and no real faces uh, to put to these names. If you watch the TV show The Chosen, that helps me a lot because real actors portray these people and it helps me to remember uh, just by giving you a face to connect these names with. Um, so Jude, the letter of Jude. Jude was not an original apostle, but he was quite likely a brother of Jesus, since he says he's a brother of James, who was a brother of Jesus. I don't want to get too far off track here, but as long as we are clear going forward that this Jude is one of the early leaders of the Christian church, but was not um, the apostle Jude or Thaddeus. Jude's letter is a very short letter, which was originally written in Greek, and it reads as well, it kind of reads as a condemnation uh, to a certain people who Jude believed to be a threat to the early church. The author doesn't specify uh, who exactly these people are that he's warning us about or warning the early Christians about. Um, as we've read in other letters, the other letters uh, throughout the Bible um, tend to focus and, and actually name uh, who they're being written for and... Uh, who they're being written about. The letter of Jude is kind of different that way, that it isn't addressed to any people of a specific area or any specific church or any leaders of a specific church, etc. The author here, uh, Jude, he pretty vaguely identifies who he's talking about in his letter. So if we look at it, we know the people in question are inside the Christian community. He's made that clear. And he's also very clear that these people are inside um, our groups, our churches, our homes, inside our Christian community, but they are not true followers of Jesus. He speaks about false teachers, lustful enemies, scoffers. Um, he says that they have crept in unnoticed. So right under our noses, the people we worship with um, and meet with uh, are actually false teachers or lustful enemies, and they've crept in unnoticed. The Christian church was pretty new at this time, and already false teachers were infiltrating the church membership and apparently doing damage from within, as we see even today. But so early on after um, Jesus's ascension and the formation of the Christian church, already we see false teachers infiltrating the church. The author, Jude, warns the reader about those that would twist the teachings of Jesus. Jude also reminds us in his letter that God did not hesitate to destroy evildoers in the past. He destroyed those who did not believe. Jude writes in his letter about how false teachers have walked in the way of Cain and abandon themselves for the sake of gain in Balaam's error. Now, we all know uh, the path Cain took, or I would hope we all do at this point. Um, Cain and Abel, Cain who murdered his brother, and that story. But he also makes a, Jude, the author, makes reference to Balaam. Uh, they walk in the way of Cain and abandon themselves for the sake of gain in Balaam's error. Now, loyal listeners out there will remember that name Balaam and perhaps what Balaam's error could mean here. Uh, if you don't remember, or you haven't listened to that episode, Balaam, of course, was the prophet who experienced that bizarre miracle of 
the talking donkey. Balaam was a powerful prophet uh, who was offered money to curse Israel. Balaam eventually had this crazy encounter with an angel that was trying to kill him. Uh, if it wasn't for uh, Balaam's trusted donkey that he was riding that kept uh, stopping to walk and even lie down, uh, despite the beatings from Balaam, the donkey uh, did not want to proceed forward towards the angel that seemingly the donkey could see. Uh, eventually, the donkey even speaks to Balaam and shames Balaam, and the rest is history. If you want to know more about that incredible story of the talking donkey, and it was pretty wild when I read that for the first time, go back and listen to that episode. And you'll know a little bit more about Balaam and the talking donkey. But the lesson here, uh, for whom the letter of Jude is addressed, is basically, like, who's this letter for? Those of you in the church may experience God's blessings or gifts. Balaam definitely had a gift. He could pronounce a blessing or a curse, and God made it happen. He was a successful prophet. And you can't be a successful prophet unless... God helps you out, or, I mean, God does it. But Balaam, like all of us, uh, could easily be led away from God's truth. And we saw that he was, and he was led into error. Balaam, in turn, led many others astray. People listened to Balaam. They looked up to Balaam. They said, well, here's a man of God. Obviously, he's somebody we should listen to. Just as many today would listen to our church leaders or our friends or people that maybe have a higher position in the Christian community. Now, how easily would it be to lead some people down the wrong path if you put all your trust in someone that seems, on the outside anyway, a trustworthy man of God or woman of God? People with every intention of being true and faithful to God could be lost in the following of a false teacher. The false teacher warnings are everywhere in the Bible. That is such a danger to, to our faith, to the to the Christian community, that it, and it and it pits Christians against Christians. Like the devil has 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 really done well for himself here in twisting and twisting God's word so that even people that go to church every every week or every day even and think they're doing the right thing, the devil's tricked them into thinking they are, but they, they could have been following a false teacher this whole time. Balaam, back to Balaam, Balaam taught many people to practice idolatry and to commit fornication. As we see in, uh, I've got it in my notes, Revelation chapter 2, verse 14. This is Jesus speaking in the letter to the church in Pergamum. And he says, uh, Jesus is, quote, But I have a few things against you. You have some there who hold the teaching of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the sons of Israel, so that they might eat food, sacrifice to idols, and practice sexual immorality. Now, those are pretty strong words from the King, Lord Jesus Christ himself. People, since seemingly since day one of the Christian church have been twisting God's word, have been twisting Jesus's messages to us. Just go back to your Bible. Anytime you, 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 you hear a Christian person speaking about something, back check it, write down what they're saying. If you're in church and your preacher talks about something and then goes off on something, 
If you're in the word, if you're in your Bible, that'll set off red flags for you. Write down what they're talking about. Write down what he's referencing or she's referencing and go back and check it. And if it's not in the Bible, for me, that's a pretty big red flag. Always look through your Bible. That's everything you need is your Bible. Church is very important. Church leaders are very important. Christian leaders are very important because they can help you to understand this word and grow in your faith and worship God better and follow God's instructions better and learn about him and understand him. But everything you need is ultimately in the Bible. You could go to the store and buy for $5 right now. It's all there. That's God's message to us to read and to understand. Okay, I'm getting way off track here. The letter of Jude. Big warnings to the early church. People have snuck into this church. People have gone unnoticed. They are twisting the word. They are twisting Jesus' teachings. They are false teachers and they're going to lead you astray. That was the message for them. So what is our message for today? Are we going to dismiss this letter as something, well, that was written to people, you know, 2000 years ago, it doesn't apply to us today. Or do we see Christianity all around us today? Maybe not always exactly following the teachings of Jesus, like we talked about, maybe straying off the Bible a little bit here and there, maybe twisting it a little bit here, twisting a little bit there. And we just can't do that. We cannot, we don't have the authority to change anything in that Bible. We can certainly interpret it different ways and have those discussions. But it's right there. The word is there unchanged. Somebody told me once um, about uh, we. My family and I had changed churches not long ago, and I was discussing it with someone, and and I don't know if I read it or if someone said, but said if you're looking for the perfect church, you will not find it until we enter the kingdom someday. So, I mean, that, and that's probably true, right? There, you're always going to find something that you don't quite, quite love, but eventually we'll be in the perfect church with Jesus. But until then, your Bible is there. Check things against your Bible. We must know our scripture. It protects us. It gets us on guard against false teachings. If we know our scripture, if we know our Bible, if we meditate on the word, if we talk to God about his word, he wrote it for us. He put these words together while humans wrote it inspired by God for us to read. Talk to God about it. Read about it. Meditate on it. Talk to him about it. You will understand that he's not a God of confusion. You will understand his message eventually. It's not always the easiest thing to pick up. And I'm certainly not an expert on anything. I'm learning just like everybody else is. But if we know our scripture, if we put up that guard against false teachings, we won't get led astray as easily. We won't get tricked as easily. We won't uh, have a stumbling block in front of us as Jude put in the letter or as Jesus uh, said in Revelation, sorry. Jude ultimately is is telling us, learn to distinguish truth from lies. The Bible is the truth. People like to twist that. The devil never stops working to try and twist God's word, to try and steal people away from his love. So Jude warns us about ungodly men and women who have assumed places of trust and of power and have gone uh, unnoticed. And we as followers of Jesus as Christian people must be able to recognize false teachings when we see it, when we hear it. This letter of Jude 
is a call for us. There's a call for them at the time and still relevant today. Be cautious, be on guard, be alert. Do not be led astray by false teachings and false teachers. This book or this letter of Jude is a reminder for us. Get back to basics. Get back to your Bible. Learn God's words. Learn about salvation. Learn the Bible. The devil will use lies and doubt and mistrust to distract us from the gospel. Distract us from our salvation, from the ultimate gift that God gave us out of his love. The forces are out there trying to trick us out of our inheritance, out of our love from our father. And Jude tells us, don't let this happen. So as we read Jude, we're reminded even more of the grace of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Be on guard, be alert, and ultimately read your Bible because the evil forces are going to be at work and they're going to try and turn you from the path. And knowing the word and meditating on the word will help you stay true. Okay, that's, that's where I'm going to stop it today. Let's, uh, let's pray together, friends. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your words. We thank you for the Bible. I ask you to continue to guide me as I study scripture. Uh, help me to understand what I read. Help me to continue, continue that desire in me to learn more about you. Never let me take for granted who you are, what you've given me, what you've done for us through the sacrifice of your only son, Jesus. I thank you for everything that you are and everything that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, well, that will do it, folks. Um, thanks, everybody, who keeps tuning in. Uh, if I go on the website uh, here, it tells me I've still got a number of people that tune in uh, every episode to hear what I've got to say, or well, not what I've got to say, but um, maybe to learn alongside me. Uh, that's a better way of saying it. So now we know a little bit more about Jude. Uh, that's one book in the Bible that maybe not everyone uh, reads as often as, as other parts of the Bible. It's not as popular a letter as as the as the four Gospels or, or sorry, um, it's not as popular part of the Bible as as Noah's Ark or Adam and Eve. But it's it's a letter in the Bible with an extremely important message. And now you and I both know something about the letter of Jude. So until next time, I know a lot of you out there listening will be back next episode. Be well, everyone. Be blessed. And I will close off this episode with a really nice passage, a reading from the end, uh, well, one of the verses from Hosea chapter 14, verse 9. So until next time, friends, uh, God bless you all. And I'll leave you with this, Hosea 14, 9. Whoever is wise... Let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them.